Today is August 7th, 2020. You're listening to the Mast Pre-Med Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Rosie. I'm your Mast Pre-Med Podcast host. I'm a non-traditional pre-med student with about nine years experience working in healthcare and nearly 15 years experience being a college student. I'm here to provide you with advice to help you get through your undergrad years successfully, so hopefully one day we can both be physicians and colleagues in medicine. If there's ever any questions you have or any topics you would like for me to discuss, please send them to mastpremed at gmail.com. That's M-A-S-K-E-D premed at gmail.com. Today's episode is geared mostly towards either a high school senior or a first-year college student who wants to know some good strategies for getting the best grades possible. This advice can also be helpful for students who are already college students, but maybe you're not doing as well as you think you could be doing, and you're looking for advice. So the first point I want to make is it's very important to go to lecture. And if your professor says, hey, lecture is not mandatory, or I don't take attendance, or attendance isn't worth any points, you should still go to every lecture. Short of any kind of serious emergency happening in your life, it's the very least you can do for the thousands of dollars you're paying for that class is to show up. Now that's the bare minimum. So if if I had to rate that advice on what letter grade you're going to get, I'd say that would be the C of advice, <laughs> is, is just show up to lecture. Now for getting an A, that advice says, yes, go to lecture, but also read the material beforehand. Make an outline of notes beforehand, or full notes if you have the time. Also sit in the front. And this is important for a couple of reasons. Of course, the closer you sit to the front, the better you can see the board. But also, you're going to want to form a relationship with your professor, uh, especially for pre-meds who might be looking for a letter of recommendation from that professor. And it's so much easier for them to get to know you if you sit in the front. They also might think you're less interested if you consistently either don't show up, show up late, or sit in the back. So my next little sub piece of advice for going to lecture is I highly recommend you don't just take notes on top of their PowerPoint. So a lot of professors will make their PowerPoint available beforehand. And I have made the mistake myself. (laughs) I'm, I'm like almost embarrassed to admit I'll say um, my first couple of weeks in genetics, all I did was I would show up and uh, I exported the PowerPoint to my notability. So I would just take notes on top of the PowerPoint. And I'm so embarrassed to admit uh, that first exam, I got a very poor grade. And I don't, I don't mean to sound like one of those type A pre-meds who's like, I got a B, it was a bad grade. No, I literally failed this test, okay? <laughs> it was bad. So yeah, you know, you you will learn a lot better if you actively take notes of your own. And there's nothing wrong with coming back to look at the PowerPoint if you have questions or if you kind of want to refresh yourself on something the professor may have said. 
but I definitely recommend you take your own handwritten notes. The next point of advice is learn how to fail. Failing is unfortunately something that happens to most people, to even the smartest people. And maybe you made a mistake like me, where you kind of underestimated the course material, and maybe you didn't take good enough notes or prepare well enough. But that's the important part is figuring out why you failed, right? Because when you fail some at something, whether it's an exam or a quiz or a homework or maybe the whole class, you can kind of go one of two ways. You can say, okay, here's this failure, this obstacle, you know, maybe I'm just not smart enough and I'm going to fold my arms and blame other people and blame the circumstances. And I'm just, that's it. I'm done with this. And that's obviously probably the worst thing you could do. And I don't say that to make fun because that was definitely me at age 19. <laughs> I was not prepared to fail at anything. And so when I did, it was like kind of this thing that I took very personal. Now when I fail something, like when I failed that exam, I take that as an opportunity. I reflect on the situation. I reflect at how I'm approaching the material and I make corrections so that that never happens again. So the, the biggest piece on failure is, you know, number one, own it. Number two, reflect on the situation. And three, make the correct adjustments. Another little sub piece of advice for that is there's nothing wrong with needing a tutor. It doesn't say anything bad about you. In fact, I think it's really admirable that people can admit that they're struggling with a subject and look for a tutor. And as someone who has a slight math learning disability, I have no shame. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with tutors. Anytime I take, uh, like when I took algebra and pre-cal and calculus, um, you better believe I had a tutor. And also, if you find that you maybe weren't spending enough time studying for the class, maybe think about what you're doing outside of coursework. So are you maybe spending a little too much time on social media or watching TV or, you know, going out with your friends? Really dissect, you know, do a good postmortem and find what you can fix to rectify the situation. The next point I want to make is about shadowing and clinical experience. If you're a pre-med, you've told other pre-meds, maybe even seniors, that you're a pre-med. Like one of the first things they're going to tell you is, hey, you know, be sure to start shadowing and clinical experience early because you don't want to leave it till the end. And while, yeah, that's true, I'm here to tell you, you want to do shadowing and clinical experience early on because you want to make sure that medicine is the lifestyle you want. And there's kind of a broad range, right? Because not every doctor has the same lifestyle. If you're a primary care physician or a cardiologist, you know, maybe you work Monday through Friday in a clinic, you know, or maybe you're an interventional cardiologist and yeah, you work in the clinic, but you also pull call because you do, you know, emergency caths for heart attacks and stuff like that. Or maybe, you know, you want to be a surgeon. Neurosurgeons are obviously going to also have a different lifestyle. Or maybe you want to be like an ICU doctor or just an internal medicine doctor. They're also going to have a different lifestyle. So it's very important to kind of open your eyes to all the possibilities and make sure that that is something you actually want to pursue. And this kind of bleeds into my next point that I want to make, which is... Um, you know, not looking at your 101 classes 
as some sort of obstacle. Because it's okay to change your mind. If you take a politics class and you just find it super interesting and you're like, wow, like I never knew that I would be so interested in law. Maybe I should be a lawyer. That's 100% okay. If you take a 101 and you say, you know what? You know, or you do some shadowing, you say, you know what? Actually, medicines, I don't think it's for me. Good on you because that is the whole point of college <laughs> is for you to find what's right for you. My first major uh, right out of high school was music education, and I was so dispassionate about it. And, you know, my second major was like psychology. Same thing. I just couldn't get into it. And, you know, at the time I thought that that meant that I just wasn't, you know, college just wasn't for me. I just wasn't smart enough. What I never thought was this material is not for me. I'm not passionate about this because I need to be in something else, right? Which in my case happened to be medicine. So. Don't look at your 101s as obstacles. Treat it like you would treat any of your biology classes, but treat it with that same seriousness and be open-minded to changing your mind. It's okay. My next point is learn how to study. So it's a very different world today uh, than 2005 when I went to college. <laughs> I, I always say things to my classmates, um, who are either like late teens, early 20s, and I'll tell them something like, I'm older than YouTube, <laughs> or I'm older than Google, and they laugh, and then they look at me and they're like, oh, you're serious. Yeah, I am serious. The internet was definitely around when I got to college, but it was nothing like today. I mean, the, the amount of resources and free resources that I have been able to find as a college student this time around are incredible. My last piece of advice comes from Amanda, who is my silent co-host, and I am working very diligently trying to coax her <laughs> onto the air. So maybe you'll get to hear from her at some point. But uh, her number one piece of advice for college is don't focus all your time and energy on relationships. And I 100% agree with this. And this is something I also did, uh, you know, a over a decade ago when I first went to college, is I was so focused on relationships. It's like there's something about your early 20s where you're like, I need to get married. And I, <laughs> as a single 33-year-old woman, you know, I don't get it because now dating is such a small part of my life <laughs> that I don't understand why it was such a big deal back then, but you know, I, I understand the compulsion to try and find a forever mate at that age, but just know that some people find their partner a lot later, or maybe you find a partner and you get married, but you realize, you know, you kind of grow into two whole different people. Uh, they say your brain doesn't stop growing until about 26. So number one, I would recommend don't get married before 26, but number two, <laughs> I would recommend don't spend so much time and effort on relationships because what you really need to focus on is getting to know yourself and making sure that this is the the right path for you is medicine 
and making proving to yourself so that you can later prove to admissions committees that you are worthy of this amazing profession. So that's about all we have time for today on the Mass Pre-Med. Again, my name is Rosie, and if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can send them to masspremed at gmail.com. That's M-A-S-K-E-D premed at gmail.com. I hope you have a great weekend. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next week.